0: Hello, you're listening to the Euro Trips Across the Pod NFL podcast. We are here for another one of our season previews, and this time you're listening to our Tennessee Titans season preview. So let's get into it. Hello and welcome back to the Euro Trips Across the Pod NFL Podcast. We're here for our 27th. Uh, season preview ahead of the twenty twenty two NFL season and this time it's a turn of the Tennessee Titans. And with me for our Titans season preview, I've got a first time on the podcast. I've got with me Harry, how are you?
1: Hey, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, really good. Um always nice to talk a bit of Titans, especially in the UK, although recently it's become a bit of a trend with with obviously the Titans doing a little bit better getting to an AFC championship and and Mm. things like that. And Derek Henry helps a little bit, but yeah, there's a few of us here in the UK and then uh, slowly that's growing a little bit more as well. Yeah,
0: I think I saw a video actually with um one of our pre- two of our previous guests actually uh, on the National Vintage League YouTube channel with Chris Milner and also their guest was Mar Lawa and they were saying there that, that their lowest selling jersey of all teams was the Titans in the UK. So I think it's um, definitely a franchise that has probably not got the biggest fan base compared to maybe other franchises in, in the NFL. But I think... You're right with Derek Henry. I think he's such a big such a big name, such a big player. I think he's definitely going to draw fans in and, of course, any of the players you get in the future.
1: Fingers crossed, yeah. And all it takes is a, a good run to a Super Bowl or something like that. Mm-hmm. You can see a franchise's you know, trajectory be changed. I, I think there'll be a lot more Cincinnati uh, Bengals fans this year than there were last year, especially if you're a casual fan trying to find a team. So, And we've only been over to London once as well, which probably hasn't helped our PR in, in the UK either, and the Jags are one of our main rivals and they come over every single year so it's hard to root for the Titans if you've got all those factors going against you apart from the fact that Nashville is awesome and everything else is pretty good there but yeah. Yeah I think certainly
0: of that Channel 4
1: era they probably won a team that were much followed I
0: mean that era in the 80s on Channel 4 is probably like that's why you see a lot of fans in the UK that are Dolphins fans, that are Bears fans, that are 49ers fans because of the fact that they were so good and that's all. They only showed the best games back then because now you got so much more access. But I think teams like the Patriots have probably grown in, uh, you know, because of the Super Bowls they've won and stuff like that. And I think that the Chiefs as well the last five years have probably done the same thing. But I think, you know, even the Bengals, for example, last year, everyone sort of started to like the Bengals a bit more. And I think if they, Joe Burrow carries on what he's doing, I think they could be a team that does the exact same thing in the next 10, 15, 20 years. Definitely, definitely. Now, we've got to start on a slightly sombre note. Um, This morning, I learned of the passing of Dolphins vice president of communications, Jason Jenkins. Um, He's a man I met last year in the London Games. And it has been news that have really shocked the whole of the UK Dolphins fan club. And it's been an unexpected death as well. So I just want to say to all of his family and friends, just my condolences and uh, in such terrible, terrible news. Um, But we'd like to ask every new guest who comes on the pod why, they, why they're the fan of the team they are. So... Harry, why the Titans?
1: Uh, Yeah, so it's a a great question. As as discussed earlier, there's not many uh, of us around. So um, when I was uh, about 13 um, or or 12, 13, I got into Madden, um, which is um, obviously just a class American football game. Um, So that was about 15 years ago now. So yeah, you can kind of put an age on me there. And uh, originally, I, I played with the Saints on Madden quite a lot because they had Reggie Bush, which was pretty mm. much a cheat code. Um, it was like Michael Vick, but a slightly later era. And then running back, but you could also turn him into a wide receiver and make him like a 99 overall just because, just by changing his position. Um, but around about the same time, we found out that we actually had um, extended family in Nashville. Um, so we took a trip out to Orlando to do the whole Disney thing and met up with our family from Tennessee. And they said, oh, well, you you can't support the Saints. You're going to have to support the Tennessee Titans, who at the time were, were pretty rubbish, um, weren't up to much. But I said, all right, yeah, no deal. Let's go for it. And from then on, started to follow them and um, have been over to Nashville um, four times, seen them play twice in Nissan, once in London, um, and just got yeah massively involved in, in Titans' um, life and everything like that. So, a um, few jerseys, things like that. And then, yeah, just started to love. The Titans and Nashville as a city is amazing. I'm a big country music fan as well. Um, I like ice hockey as well, and they've got a good ice hockey team um, in the Freds, or they they were good. Um, they're slowly going through a bit of a rebuilding phase at the moment. Um, but yeah, and it's, I've just always loved Nashville has been a great place to go visit, and that's sort of sold it for me. And obviously, the family ties is, is a main reason, but then the brand of football that we play is pretty hard nosed, gritty, and um, yeah, just have fallen in love with them and then that was really sealed in London when they came over and we met um, Eddie George and the owner Amy Adams drunk, um, Keith Bullock and Javon Curse as well Mm. and just yeah getting to have that experience uh, although I was already a pretty firm fan at that point really just sold me on you know Tennessee as a franchise really putting their all into that and and yeah just being a class organization to follow really.
0: Yeah, I think that no one can call you a glory hunter. Like other teams in the NFL, I think no one can really call you a glory hunter because you've probably seen them at their worst and at their best. So, so yeah, that's um. I think I always love stories like that, that. You know, that's the beauty of this podcast. We get so many different stories about you know how people follow their teams and what got them into the team, especially in the UK when you haven't got the obvious thing of where you live in America. So I, I always love hearing different stories, and that's a that's another good one. Um. In terms of yourself watching the Titans or watching the NFL, how does your typical NFL Sunday look?
1: Yeah, so that's, uh, it varies. Unfortunately, I work in hospitality. I say unfortunately, because it does make weekends sort of a bit of a write-off. And I've just had a a little boy as well. So NFL Sundays will look slightly different this year, I think. Hopefully not too much, but slightly different. So in the past, I'd finish work, um, get home for bang on six, on we'd go game pass and if, Titan, if the Titans were playing at six, that game would be on, on the main screen. And then afterwards, i tend to go to red zone for the evening. Um, and then that would pro- probably be my evening set, a bit of nice food. Um, when the winter months come, uh, I tend to do a roast or something along those lines as well at the same time. Um, the missus makes a mean roast, so that's always a bit of a positive. And then around us um, in the northwestern Midlands, we've got um, Hickories, which is like a USA-style barbecue restaurant. Um, and they do massive Super Bowl tailgates in Chester and things like that, um, which is really well represented by a Brit Bull team, the Chester Romans, as well. So if you see them, they're a different one team. Go check them out. You used to play for them. A little plug for them. And um, yeah, every so often they'll put on sort of the 6 p.m. game as well as red zone in a few of their bars and, and restaurants and stuff like that. And it, you know, it's always better when you're watching American football with wings and beer and things like that. So done that a couple of times with um, some guys that I know. But yeah, on the whole, it seems to just be a fairly lonely exercise on the sofa, just enjoying the Titans. And and nine times out of ten, that's probably the better option as well. Um, Because we never make things easy for ourselves, ever. (laughs) Yeah, we actually
0: talked about this on, um, it's going to come out in a few weeks, our predictions episode for the upcoming season. And uh, we, Steve, who was on the show, made a good point that they are the kings of the trap game. I think they're, they're definitely a team in the last few years where they'll beat the good teams but lose to the bad teams. I think last year they I was they beat there be someone I won't say it was the Bills or the Chiefs they beat last year and then they lost to the Jets. We beat
1: both of <laughs> those. Yeah, we beat both. both of those last year and then yeah, just had an absolute shocker against the Jets. And it it is those kind of trap games and when we go on to predictions and things like that, there are plenty of trap games that I just think the Tennessee Titans will just yeah, fall into. And I don't know why, I really don't, but yeah, it's always stressful.
0: Yeah, and I think going back to your point about obviously NFL Sundays looking different, I was I was thinking like a few years ago that you know what happens when I get a kid and you know the early mornings, but actually in the NFL, of course, games are on until four in the morning. So I think it's almost like the perfect sport to follow if you were your father because you can sort of do the almost. I think you see you hear a lot of couples having nurse sort the morning shit or they'll have shifts in looking after the kid, and I think. That's sort of me, the perfect idea for myself when I have kids one day. I'll take on the Sunday shift because I know I can do all that whilst watching the NFL at the same time.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's not a bad route to go through. And, you know, college football's come back this mm-hmm. weekend and uh, managed to catch a couple of games early this morning before I went to work with with him. And um, we've been watching rugby and things like that early in the morning with the Southern, Hem- Southern Hemisphere um, teams playing again. So it does work to your advantage at times. There are also times like, you think, oh, it's midnight. I really should be going to bed. I'm going to be up in about four or five hours, but you just yeah. think, oh, I'll power through, and it will be grand.
0: Have you got a college team at all, or do you just like watching it? Just
1: uh, yeah. So I follow the Tennessee Volunteers. Um, my cousins just graduated from there, so oh nice. Um, when when I was over there, we yeah we went to Neyland and watched a, a great game against um, South Carolina, and it was a fantastic game in 2009. I believe if you want to get it up on YouTube or something like that, there's the full game, but it's mm. an absolute cracker. There's an Odell Beckham type to catch, um, yeah, just real good, real good game to go watch. And uh, yeah, so follow them, not religiously, nowhere near as much as NFL, but like to keep my hand in every so often. So when that time of draft time comes along, and especially, mm. I think this has been born into me from early days of supporting Titans, you kind of like to know who may be at the top of the draft. Um, and for us, that's that's always been a bit of a question for us
0: fair play fair play and I think I only really watch college when it gets to the big games like the national championship all the bowl games but I always say go Gators if ever I do get asked about college teams um because for, for Florida which is obviously explains my NFL team as well we're going into the current state of the Tennessee Titans in terms of the major ins and outs and apologies if I've missed anyone key but the main ins include Randy Bullock Dontrell Hillard, Robert Woods and Austin Hooper, with the draft including players like Traylon Burks, wide receiver, 18th overall, Roger McCreary, cornerback, 35th overall, and Malik Willis, quarterback, 86th overall in the third round. And then the major outs, of course, the big one was AJ Brown, as well as Julio Jones and Roger Saffold. Um, So as a whole, as a Titans fan, Harry, how have you found the whole offseason for your team?
1: Yeah, this offseason has really been sort of a, a season of change for us a little bit. Um, AJ Brown was a huge trade on draft night, which which ended up us getting Burks. Um, and I think he'll be handicapped by that most of the first half of the season, purely because he's going to be sort of compared to AJ all the time. And um, Brown was fantastic when he was healthy. He had slight injury issues. And I think that was part of the reason why the Titans didn't want to give him the huge contract that he was looking for. Um So that'll be a really interesting development to see if Burks can fill his shoes, which are quite large because the Titans have never really had a great wide receiver. And we did a podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago on uh, the Transatlantic Titans podcast. And we did like an all-throw, all-time Titans team from when when they moved to Tennessee. And AJ still made the team because we just haven't had great wide receivers. So that'll be a really interesting one for us. Um, Roger Saffold go in, leaves a huge hole as well and Questenberry who is a right tackle as well um, for us, it means that we've got a little season of change on the O-line which hasn't looked great during pre-season either, Um, a player called Aaron Brewer is looking to fill in the left guard spot and there's been a slight camp battle um, between Radunks and uh, a player called uh, Petty Fier or something like that Um, he's from Ohio State and was another third round pick this year um, and I think um, Petit will probably get that position but it's looking very sketchy for the most part on the O-line and I think that'll be the real bit where we change. On the positive side though, um, McCleary who you've mentioned there um, was the second round um, cornerback that we drafted out of Auburn, he looks and has looked very good in pre-season and in training um, and then our safeties have stayed the same, which has been a huge positive for us because Bayard and Hooker looked fantastic last year on the whole. So, as long as they stay healthy, our secondary looks really good with Farley coming back as well. Molden, who was a, a sort of um, nickelback for most of the time last year. Um, and then Fulton as well, Christian Fulton from LSU, a third-year player, has looked really solid. So, our secondary is looking good. And then a huge return, really, for us this offseason has obviously been Derek Henry coming back. Um from his foot injury, hopefully fully healthy, and and looked good in training, and so that that's all all to play for. Um, but yeah, I think the off season has been mainly positive. Actually, when you look at it from a from an outside point of view, and with a little bit of time to settle, I just really really worry about our O line as a whole, and that probably not being a solid because Roger Southold, whilst getting older, was a really good player for us. Um, we've kept Lawan and Ben Jones, who are big players for us. Um, and Nate Davis, who's okay as a right guard, but yeah, I think our O line will struggle massively.
0: And you mentioned there, Derek Henry. Of course, he's been. I think for me personally, he for me is the best running back in the league when healthy. He he can do it all. In terms of he's such a good pound a running back as well. Um, but of course, injuries have been a massive factor for running backs in the last few years. We've seen the likes of Todd Gurley. Uh, the, the the big example of that in recent years seen seeing running back decline. Um, you've seen also people like Saquon Barkley and Christian McCaffrey in recent years. And I think even now looking at the pay that running backs get, it's nowhere near what the wide receivers get or even what the cornerbacks get these days. So is that a concern for you, come back from the injury, that he'll be the same player as before?
1: Yeah, I think if you see the Bengals game, Bengals playoff game where he just looked a step slow. And, and actually, I personally think if we weren't with Foreman that game, who had been pretty good for us is now with the Panthers. Um, or at least I think he's with the Panthers. Um, we would have looked and I think we would have put up a better better game than we did against the Bengals. I think we just forced Henry a little bit too early and a little bit too much into that game. But the positive of it is that it was a, a break in the foot. It wasn't an ACL, an MCL or or any ligament, which obviously you need that for the cutting of of a, a running back and and to be able to make those powerful runs. So fingers crossed, it goes okay, and he's back to full health after an off season of just relaxing and getting back to full health and and being all okay.
0: Yeah, I think if you, I think him being back to full fitness, I think Percy will make up a lot in a long way for the loss of AJ Browmer. I think. Traylon to me, he was my favourite running wide receiver coming out of the draft. I really liked him coming out. And actually on the on the draft analysis, Daniel Jeremiah actually is comparison since the NFL players to books with A.J. Brown. So I think in that sense, you might be getting a like like replacement, but I think it may well still be over sort of on his shoulders the first year. But I do think Henry, you know, if you get him back, I think he's going to be absolutely massive for you. And I do think that as well as the coaching of Mike Vrabel, I think that's going to be a, a big thing for you going into the season and a big, a big factor if he's back uh, back healthy. Um, you mentioned the Bengals game as well. Of course, that was a game where you were for number one overall seed, lost in the divisional round. Sacked Joe Burrow nine times, still couldn't get the win. Of course, Tannehill took a lot of the blame for that with his, I think it was two or three interceptions in the game. One was the very first play of the first half, and I want to say as well, the first play of the second half for the Titans. So, And obviously, the addition of Malik Willis has really ramped up the pressure on Tannehill. Where do you see the whole callback situation uh, with Tannehill, but also Malik Willis behind him?
1: Yeah, I think the preseason season snaps probably tell a story of that. I think it's still around Tannehill's position to lose. But in previous years, he's not necessarily had that backup quarterback who's pushing him as much. Um, you know, it's been Logan Woodside, who whilst good and is a, a serviceable backup, I think he'll probably get re-signed to our practice squad. He, he's nowhere near as good as as Malik w- Willis is in terms of having that ability to change a game and to change your franchise's um, outlook potentially, especially with his legs. And we've seen that so much more recently with Kyler Murray and players like that being able to affect a, a team in both ways. Um, I do think Ryan Tannehill will have quite a long leash, though. Um, he's been a really consistent performer for, for us since he took over from um, Mariota um, in 2019, and I think he has had games where you just look at it and go, "Come on now, like we shouldn't be throwing that pick." And and part of that has been um, an eagerness to really feed the ball where where we shouldn't have necessarily forced the ball, but then on the whole, it's been just a, a bad luck or bad play call and things like that. Um, Our offensive um, play caller Todd Downing probably is most remembered for for being an awful play caller um, at the Raiders, and he's now ours. Um, And I think that will probably be one of the things that defines this quarterback battle as to whether he can really start to shape Ryan Tannehill into being a good um, quarterback.
0: Yeah, of course, Tannehill knows full well what it's like on the other end of it to come in mid-season and replace a quarterback that struggles. I think he'll know himself that, you know, if he struggles mid-season, Malik Willis, who's looked good in pre-season, could he come in and do the business? And I, There is that question mark of whether it, I, I still think he's a he's a good quarterback. I still think he's middle of the range. that sort of Kirk Cousins sort of um, position. But I do think that potentially he may not be good enough to get you over the line. But I think, you know, we'll, we'll see over the next two years what happens with that. Um, I think as long as you've got Mike Vrabel, you've got to trust what he does. Because I think what he's done the last three, four years, he's been... Such a good head coach for you guys. I think whilst we will have to, wait and see to see what happens this season and talking of this season, we are now going to head to our final segment of the podcast, which is, of course, for any of our regular listeners will know by now, it's our fan record predictors. We will give Harry the chance to predict every game with a simple line of a win, loss or tie.
1: So week one is a game at home to the New York Giants. Win. It has to be a win. Surely against the Giants, Daniel Jones. There's no chance that we don't win that.
0: Yeah, I can agree more.
1: A bit harder in week two, a road game against Buffalo Bills. Yeah, it's Monday night. I always back Rabel if he's got extra game time to plan. So I'll go win for this. Um, but then the next game is going to be a little bit tougher.
0: Yeah, because week three is one of that really good AFC West division. It's a home game against the Las Vegas Raiders
1: yeah i think we will lose this and it'll just be one of those games that the nfl media expects us to win and we just slip up nicely
0: yeah we mentioned before the king of the trap game and not saying they're a trap team to play vegas but i think you know it would i think if you can if, if you would not shop if you beat the bills and lose to the raiders that would be very Titan-y, let's say um week 4 is a, another road game this time against the
1: indianapolis colts Yeah, I think we split the series against the Colts, so it'll be a loss away and then hopefully a win at home or vice versa.
0: Okay, okay. So that means you go into week five, just before your bye week in week six, uh, on the road again, this time FedEx Field against the newly named Washington Commanders.
1: Yeah, I'd hope it would be a win there. Win.
0: Yeah. I think, I think, um, I I do think that Carson Wentz... (laughs) I don't know what to make of him. I, I don't think he'll do that well in Washington, if I'm honest. Um, so, week six is the bye week. Then you once again play the Colts in week seven, but this time at home.
1: Uh, yeah, we're going to win. Like I said, I think it is a split series. The Colts are um, the NFL darlings for some reason of the AFC South. Mm-hmm. still not quite worked that out because they haven't won a division um, in a couple of years, but that's okay. Um, but, yeah, I think we, we split the series with them, so a we'll win at home.
0: Okay. Another AFC South rival in week eight, this time on the road against the Houston Texans. Win.
1: You'd like to think that any team that's facing the Houston Texans this year will be winning at home. Um, although, you know, Davis Mills is sneaky good. Hmm. Um, and We do like a banana skin. So, uh, <laughs> But no, a win.
0: Okay. Um, then you got another road game. Um, oh, God. You're actually looking at your next five games. Oh, my goodness. Um... It's on the road to the Kansas City Chiefs.
1: Yeah, I think that's going to be a loss. Um, we've actually played really well against the Kansas City Chiefs in the last few years. Um, but yeah, this one's a, a loss this time at Arrowhead.
0: Yeah, no, I think even though they lost Hill, I still think they're going to be a team that will be formidable. Um,
1: once again, AC West in Week 10, but this time at home against the Denver Broncos. Uh, win. Um, I love that they required Russell Wilson, but yeah, I think it will be a, a win for us. Um, I just think injuries will probably catch up with him by that point, um, because Judy and Sutton and just can't seem to stay healthy, unfortunately, for them. So I think it will be a, a win for us.
0: Okay. Week 11, the awful um, tough run continues on the road to the Green Bay Packers.
1: Yeah, that's, that's a loss. Um, never fancy going into Lambeau and getting a win. Yeah. Um. Even though you know Adams isn't there anymore, I just don't fancy it.
0: Of course, I'm gonna be there for that game. So, um, hoping for a, a good one and to see it uh, just a good game. I don't really don't really mind who wins. Um, week twelve is a home game
1: against the Bengals. Uh, I think we get our playoff revenge and then it's a, a win there. Fingers crossed. Anyway, um, I think it would mean a lot for the team going forward just to put the ghosts of of that playoff um game behind us. Yeah,
0: I I, 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 thorn. Actually, I, think that could be spot on there. I think that they'll be urging to win that game to get them back. Um, week 13 is an- another road game against the Philadelphia Eagles.
1: Yeah, I think we all lose this. Um, I think AJ goes huge. Burks probably doesn't show up the way we'd like. And the Titans Twitter goes into a meltdown that we've never <laughs> seen before.
0: <laughs> oh of course i didn't think of that the AJ brown and factor i didn't think of that um fair enough uh that, that's that's a horrific set of games the chiefs the Broncos the Packers the bengals and the eagles in a five game stretch that is that's quite harsh on you guys i'm not gonna lie
1: yeah we've weirdly got like quite a low strength of schedule this year but um yeah we've got a real tough run at, at certain points mm. so that's that's one of them as well
0: yeah, and I can, I can
1: see why it's a low-strength schedule because your next game is against the Jaguars. Yeah, so you'd like to think that was a win. Um, Last year, it was um a bit of a scratch year, really, for the Jags, and you kind of got to feel sorry for their fan base because they had all these exciting things when they went into the year, and by week eight, it was kind of all destroyed. But, yeah, I'd hope, hope it would be a win, although we have once almost got beaten by Minshew. Well, I think we did get beaten by Minshew, so... <laughs> uh, with Lawrence at quarterback, we're in a bit more danger. But uh, no, I think it's a win.
0: Yeah, I I'll never forget how much of a disaster that Urban Meyer period was. I don't know what happened there. That was just a disaster from start to finish. Definitely. Week fifteen is the penultimate game before Christmas Day. is a road game against the Los Angeles Chargers.
1: Yeah, I actually uh, reckon the Chargers are. One of the favourites from the AFC to go mm-hmm. to the Super Bowl, um, so I'm going to pop this down as a as a loss and also a, a scheduling nightmare um, from our point of view as UK fans on Christmas Eve to have a game. Um, so yeah, it'll be a bit of a bit of a rough one. That one, or the, is it the day before or the day of Christmas Eve? Uh,
0: that one actually, the, the Chargers one is actually on the 18th. So you then play on Christmas Eve oh, on yeah. the week 16 against the Texans at 6 p.m. UK time.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, like I said, a bit of a scheduling a nightmare there. You know, definitely going to have to win the misses over with something beforehand <laughs> because, I mean, that would be Christmas film central, especially with the little one.
0: But, uh, yeah,
1: we'll win against the Texans just to give all Titans fans an early Christmas present there.
0: Yeah, I've got the same issues you. I've got, we're playing the Packers on Christmas Day at 6pm. And I'm hoping by then that Evan would have gone back, but I got a feeling people will people might, may even stay over, they may, you know, and even though my brother actually is a Raiders fan and my dad liked the 49ers as a kid, I think it's a question of, it's a fact that if you've got all family around the Christmas Day, it's hard to really get them to watch, watch American football, because it's day when they want to probably do family stuff, but thank God for an iPad That's and games. <laughs> That's
1: exactly what it is, yeah, it's a hard one to get by everyone else and make sure they're happy as well, so. It might be one that we watch the day after or something like that or unboxing or day or something like that. But yeah. fingers crossed not and uh I'll be able to sneak the game in during the during the day.
0: Yeah, fingers crossed for every UK fan who's um got a team involved in that two day period. Um on the week seventeen is a home game against the Dallas Cowboys.
1: Yeah, at this point it will come down to a bit of crunch time. We're getting closer to the end of the season. Um I think we'll, we'll lose this um, and then set ourselves up for a classic Titans end the season um, win-and-in situation, which seems to happen every single year. We never make it easy for ourselves. Last year, we needed the Colts to choke. The year before, it was a win-and-in situation against the Colts or the Texans, one of the two. So, yeah, I think it'll be a, a loss against the Cowboys.
0: And then winning in on week 18 is away to the Jacksonville Jaguars.
1: Yeah, so that'll be a, a nice win there, hopefully. And then we're uh, we'll be celebrating going into the wild cards as underdogs, which I think will suit us a little bit better going into the the playoffs, but I don't think we'll go too far in those if I'm being honest with you.
0: No, yeah, that'll actually answer my next question because you got a ten and seven record, and that I think Dinyo said, I don't think there's a guarantee of making the playoffs. Um but obviously should that get you in, either as division winners or as a wildcard team. Um so, you, would you say divisional round, wild card round? How far you go?
1: Yeah, I'd I'd like to think that we go one. I well, I think we go to divisional, um, win a wild card, and then and then lose straight after. Um, which I think would be probably fair for where the team's at at the moment. Um, we have some excellent pieces and young pieces as well, um, but we also have some pieces that will definitely need improving and are just a, a step away at the moment from being elite. Um, you know, like you look at Jeffrey Simmons, who I think is probably second in the league to um, Aaron Donald at the moment in terms of that interior Russia, who can really cause havoc. Um, I know I'm biased, but sort of he <laughs> sort of has that trajectory to be that kind of player. But then you look at our own line and maybe our tight ends as well, and, and things like that aren't as strong as we'd like. Um, so I think it's fair to, to have us there. And, and then maybe the year after we see what Malik Willis can do, or, or depending on. Where we think we are as a franchise, we reload and try again.
0: Fair play. So that does conclude our Tennessee Titans season preview. So thank you, Harry, for coming on. First of all, no, thank you so much for having me. No problem at all. So how can we find you and your podcast on social media?
1: Yeah, so we are Transatlantic TN um, on Twitter, and then we're available on anywhere that you get your podcasts. Um, and that is the transatlantic titans podcast um, and we do weekly reviews um, tend to have a little look ahead of the, the games coming up and then off season is just random quizzes um, trying to find out who's the old pro team of the titans all time and, and just generally have a, have a chat we don't pretend to be experts in anything or or anything like that but um, we've got a real passion for this team and and some great northern and southern voices and, and everything like that and just love um, getting involved with our team and whether you know you engage with us on social media or um, find us on Facebook as well. We're on Transatlantic Titans there. Um, and yeah, just love getting involved and chatting about the game. And I think as UK fans, although it's becoming more popular now, um, it's always good to chat with people in depth about things and just actually say, why have we done this or what's going on here and stuff that maybe not a more... Uh, A more casual fan probably doesn't have as much of an idea about, and that's something we're really passionate about and just enjoy chatting amongst ourselves. And if that helps inform other people as well, then happy days!
0: Fantastic! Because anyone listening and you are a Titans fan listening, or even not a Titans fan, go check out their podcast. We'll put the link on our socials when we do get this podcast released, probably be released on the Tuesday or Wednesday, um, early September. Um, and of course. Don't forget, of course, we are moving platforms, so anyone listening, once we have the season starting, we will start a new platform. It's part of the same network, but a different platform to so do keep an eye out for all that, as well as the current platform we're on. So, thank you, Harry. This has been the Titan Season Preview, and we will see you guys for our next season preview. Thanks so much. Tighten up.